two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. Step back on the cold. Problems. Mm. Tell us to fuck off. Ladies and gentlemen, the CO double MON synonym for fresh truth is the emblem. What the fuck is that? What? You have just Irish rock music playing in the background? <laughs> oh, who doesn't have Irish rock music in the background all the time? The Queen. How you doing, Gato? I'm all right. You know, slicing them meats. Yeah? Yep. Keeping it under a quarter pound at a time. I don't want to hear the word plain. I don't want to hear the word fucking Delta. They can suck a dick. Today's episode is brought to you by Delta. It's brought to you by those little wafer cookies they give you on the plane when the plane ride is four and a half hours long, as that will be any kind of sustenance for you. I'm bringing, I'm bringing protein bars. That just sounds aggressive. You know what you should do? You should go to Panda Express and get like the triple combo. And just and eat just, like... Just, I, was, I was thinking of microwaving some tilapia first, and then that would not be a terrible idea. But I was thinking if you just Tupperware for three days, if you take the styrofoam <laughs> container that they put the triple combo in, and you just dump it into the plastic bag and eat it out of the plastic bag. You ever, have you guys heard of high meat? No. So what? high high meat is a movement. Apparently, um, you can look it up on Twitter. You can look it up anywhere. Uh, they actually purposely. Wait for the meat to spoil before they eat it because it unlocks all that good bacteria in your body. So yeah, that's not how science works. No, I'm. I mean, I agree with you. I, I don't think these people do. Fucking stupid Jordan Peterson shit. They cherry pick, you know, principles or theories of certain things, and then they put it in totally different realms that have very different variables. Yeah, you can see videos of these guys literally like there's like a thing of like liver they'll leave on their leave in the sun, purposely leave it in the sun and like in like a mason jar. And they will then wait for like six weeks until it's like grown mold and all that. And then they're like, this is when it's good. Okay, so Raw first butter. off, I, I get what they're pretending. They're pretending that you have things like sauerkraut, pickled foods, right? Like, they're trying to do probiotic type shit yeah. like that, right? They're, they're talking about gut micro, micro, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. so they're, they're essentially doing fermented foods. Oh, no, it's it's patently insane that yeah. they're doing this. And it, uh, I, I mean, like, I, I saw one guy said, if you get, like, Parasites or worms—that's a good thing because they're cleaning out your system. No, that's. I not. was like, oh, cool. I'm not a doctor, and I could tell you that's not. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't need to go to medical school to know. Like, no, I don't but know I if this is—I don't know if this is a constant connection, but I've noticed a lot of these guys are very big on yoga. I think they're just sociopaths that 
want to see people get really sick from believing the stupid shit they say online. I mean, some of them are probably true believers, and they will die soon, which, I mean, it's kind of like lesson on evolution, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I just spent two hours dealing with that. You see, why can't Elon Musk buy something like that? Right, make it easier. They have this cool thing now, and I saw it with when I did when I dealt with uh, Cablevision, where you can literally go into the app and it will you can like chat with people. It's not a new concept, but it actually shows up. Like for I'm an Apple user, it shows up in the iMessages. So it's like it has their logo and shit, and it's like it's super easy. You don't have to like stay in a a browser window or anything like that. You essentially get a text message, like you're texting with these people, and that's cool. But like any other company, they purposely only put like their lowest rung employees on these things. So when I'm telling this person like, hey, you bumped me out of my really comfortable seat and put me in the main cabin, you know, on the day before. And hey, by the way, I spent over $100 on this yesterday. And now you're telling me I can't get a refund and you can't process a refund. So it's like, how is that helpful? What, What was the outcome? by the way so i finally got through and another thing is like they did the thing where it's like oh we we don't really provide refunds for that i'm like a nice person to customer service people i was in customer service i understand what they go through but there's a limit to where you're gonna do this Mm -mm. or you're gonna get somebody that can like i'm very polite and then ultimately what happens they they do the thing where like well we can't process a refund there's no refunds for these type of issues you guys canceled. I didn't cancel. I didn't yeah. go in there and cancel my ticket. You guys bumped me because of the, there's a different plane now. Like they and didn't the plane to... didn't have enough seats. Right. Didn't have the comfort. Yeah. Exactly. So they do that all the time. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I'm like, that's not my fucking problem. Like you guys changed the plane for whatever reason. So like, why am I like? I, so you guys just to keep my hundred dollars for no yeah. reason. Yeah, pretty much. So then he offered me a $200 voucher. And I'm like, I don't fucking fly very often. So I'm like, it's going to sit in my fucking Delta app for fucking two years. And I'm like, it's no, it's going to be good for a year. And then they're going to. Right. Yeah. So I'm not even going to fucking use it. So I'm like, so finally, after like multiple times, I'm like, you guys fucking did this. He's like, okay, I'll process a refund. I'm like, you couldn't no just shit. fucking do that. Like, come on, man. Why do I have to go fucking jump Dude, through hoops? They with run this through shit? a script and they. They try to get you to do all the other things first. So that's how it is. So fucking annoying. And it's like the day before too. It's just such a fucking cruel joke. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's when they know that they'll get you to comply with whatever they say the most, right? Right, exactly. Because like most people, like I called and it said there's a three hour queue. Most people just hang up at that point and just deal with it. Eat the hundred dollars. I mean, what does that say about your customer service or your business if there's that much, that long of a length of time before you're going to be given, you know, customer service? What is that? Yeah, exactly. Right. What does that say about a company that you have to like? I literally have to sit like on a day off where I'm like packing and shit, and like I'm already kind of stressed out. I'm not. A, I'm not a good flyer, and I'm already fucking like stressed out as I can be. And it's like, you're really going to make me fucking go through this even more. So it's like, it's just annoying, but it's whatever. It's crazy too, because Delta is still my preferred. Um, they're, they're well, they're well reviewed. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still like my preferred airline over everybody else. <laughs> For the record, I fucking hate them all. But... They're, they're, they're all terrible. I've never yeah. been the one, the one 
U.S. Um, airline that I've never used is actually I don't even know if it's U.S. Um, is uh, Virgin. I've never used Virgin. Is that Richard Branson's? It's probably yeah. very British. So the food sucks, and everyone's got bad teeth. Mashed peas, governor. You don't like fish and chips, mate. <laughs> well, you don't so want to have more Liverpool. Excuse me, I asked for a beer, and this is room temperature. Tottenham. Yeah. Yeah. You fucking fucking Yankee. Nah, they like cold beer like we do. Pints. They drink spirits. That was actually one of the weirdest things when I was in Ireland. They order shots at the bar. They're they're fucking lining up shots like Jameson or something. And then they sip it. Well, it's kind of, it's just the whole difference between like, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. I feel like Americans are trying to get as drunk as fast as possible hell yeah but the british have been drunk for 800 years <laughs> so i mean they can take their time with it now yeah but they don't do that with their pints they fucking pound them actually i love one thing i do love about their bar culture is if you go out with a group there's there's a rotation in which i buy around you buy around the next person buys around then it circles back and you do that again and 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 everyone always buys an equal share so it can get really messy if you have six people in a group i mean that's not a problem for us no honestly i mean i i don't know i don't know who can keep track of that after like round three dude they keep track they're good that's one of the things i do admire about the way they drink I mean, I appreciate the sentiment that, like, we all chip in, but it feels like it sounds like it, it can get messy because it's, like, you know, it's, like, a lot to remember when you're out drinking, like, no, I got the last one. No, I got, yeah, I, You I just, know. as long as you remember the person before you, you're usually fine. So, so let that, me ask you a question. Like, you go out with six people and you have five drinks. Nope. You don't. You always get six. You're, you're and never. If you start Tom, over, Tom, you're going to twelve. Tom, Tom. <laughs> is there ever a moment in which you're gonna just have five drinks? I mean, maybe for like a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's gonna look at you and go, "You fucking pussy! You didn't have more than five. Come on." You yeah, want this job? Of, I did a line of bow in the bathroom. Isn't it fine? <laughs> that well, actually, that would be more to the point. That brings right. you back to zero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would say alcohol is depressing, and that's in a stimulant. So it's not it's it's apples and oranges we're talking about here. So I'm gonna be a half chub for the rest of the day. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but still, though, okay. So if I go with six people and I get six drinks, for some reason the math doesn't work for me because I bought six drinks and it's gonna be like you would only buy thirty well, bucks. You would buy, Actually, no, that makes sense. You would buy six drinks. Yeah, you'd have to yeah, everyone everyone buys a round of whatever it yeah. is. I think it's more of like it's just a social thing. It's, it's not like a, it's not yeah. it's not a matter of really like camaraderie. Like, like, yeah, it's, it's it's a thing of camaraderie, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you know what it also breeds a lot of camaraderie. Dr. Michael Morbius. That um, does not breed camaraderie, by the way. <laughs> I, I, you can you can what sit parties there. Parties have you been to? You can uh, sit there and share all with them your brother. In which and... the party's happening downstairs, and you're upstairs, just quietly in a room. Just listen. There's nothing better than sitting back with a couple friends, having a having a couple beers, and talking about the great Mister Doctor Michael Morbius. Michael. <laughs> This movie, man, holy shit. What a fucking mess. 
And, you know, I like bad movies sometimes because it's it's pretty amazing. Like, we were talking about The Snowman last week. Wait, did you and, already see it? Did we already talk about yeah. this? Snowman? No, no, no. We, 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 uh, we, we didn't. I saw it uh, this past week. So it was, okay. it was, uh, it was after um, our, we had recorded. We, we talked about it in the chat for a little bit. Yes. And you gave yeah. us synopsis. Of- it, it, it is truly like it's the worst type of bad movie in that like I, like I, we were talking about the snowman last week. That is an incredible feat of like how did you fuck this up? This movie's biggest crime is that it's fucking boring. And it's I just like a slog. Yeah. Well, I mean like number one, Jared Leto like I think I think he I, I don't know what's going on with that guy, but apparently he has a cult. Like allegedly, allegedly for legal purposes. Um, Does not shock me. There's there's some weird happenings there. I'm not the biggest fan of his in the first place. This Wait, are movie you talking about in the movie or in real life? No, in real life. In real that life, Jer- apparently I mean, Jared Leto has a cult. Uh, Charles allegedly. Manson had one. I'm being very careful here, allegedly, because I don't know if it's a cult. I'm just saying it's being called one you don't want his harem showing up to your house and... exactly right like no we will sorry be posting uh anthony guitero's uh address in i've been doxxed by my own for this podcast <laughs> at least so, you have been swatted okay well uh, not yet hopefully so okay so this movie is a fucking mess man Number one, like it's pretty obvious with Sony. Anytime Sony has their hands on these movies, they just continue to fuck it up. It makes no sense. It's like again, it's just it's just painfully boring. Like I mean, number one, this is a big problem I have with Marvel movies in general. Ever since the Disney thing kind of came into play, you have a movie about a fucking vampire, and you're PG thirteen, so it's like. We're just going to show stuff off to the side. It's going to be blurry. Allude to it. Like, we know what's going on, dude. Right. The The editing was madness. Just It just jumps from one thing to another with no, like, actual real story. But, the like, at one point, all right, his girlfriend, who is, helps aid him in transition thing that he did, is on the run from the FBI. Okay? She runs through a building, jumps on a bus, and is able to get you know get away from the fbi right they don't know where he is he's fucking sitting right behind her on the fucking train on on, on on bus and all of a sudden like they're doing the thing where it's like you're trying to pretend like you're not talking to the person because he's obviously wanted for murder and sure. he's trying to remain inconspicuous what do you think the next scene is take a guess what they do in the next scene they go to a crowded coffee shop and he's just sitting there and they're just joking around mind you she's seen him murder people in front of his in front of her eyes like, oh, you crazy guy, you. And he's because because the whole point of the story is he's a scientist, doctor, who's basically like he's very sick. He's had a really rare blood disorder and he's trying to What's the find rare a cure. Blood disorder? I don't I don't even know. He needs to like cycle fresh blood every couple hours or he dies. So basically. he's a Hollywood elite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this doctor who received his medical degree from University of Phoenix online has this hyper rare disease that only Hillary Clinton can solve. Exactly. Exactly. And his, adrenochrome QAnon. Yeah. This I mean Hashtag. Like, this plays right into the Q crowd. I mean, this is <laughs> what's next? I, Morbius runs for president? I wouldn't be shocked if they start chanting Morbius at the Trump rallies. Let's go but, Morbius. <laughs> 
<laughs> the new fuck, Brandon. Fuck Brandon. We don't need Brandon anymore. We got Morbius. Is this a um, – I have to ask this question because I need someone to talk me off the cliff. But is this a uh, – No, just go straight. Baron Trump cliff. origin story? Um, <laughs> No, because because Baron Trump is the prodigal son and, and the, Dr. Michael Morbius basically is like an underdog story. He starts out sick and he becomes this like amazing villain. Don Jr.? Hero? Question mark? That seems like <laughs> Eric all the way. If you're <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's just so funny though. So spoiler for people, if, if you haven't seen it and, and honestly, you're not you fucking missing waste anything. Fast forward if you don't want to hear it. But in the end, he decides he's never going to be able to sustain this life, right? So he decides he's going to create something that once injected, it will kill him. His friend who also has the same disorder has snuck and taken the, the same whatever bullshit he took. So they're both evil vampires at this point. He decides he needs to kill them both. In the end, he only kills the friend <laughs> and then completely goes against what he said in the first place of like, I'll never be able to sustain this. At the end, all of a sudden, he's just like walking around like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm a vampire. It's like, what the fuck, man? Like, this, just a, a total failure at every level and just, just boring. Just so fucking boring. Anyway, I've said my piece. And you know, I think that's the that's the most damning comment that you can make about it is that it's boring. Like yeah. you can You're boring. You, you can manage like the scatterbrained plot if I like those type of movies sometimes because they're like they're like again, I talked about the snowman last week. It's a fucking Scorsese, like Scorsese was attached to direct this movie and they didn't shoot twenty percent of it. He, he pulled out way early because he was like, this thing's a fucking mess. So, like, the movie is missing 20% of the script. So, it's like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, because we didn't shoot a lot of it. That's such a golden rule, by the way. Always pull out before it becomes a fucking mess. That's right. That's what she said. Hang on. Condoms I'm, writing, make- I'm writing this down. <laughs> <laughs> Condoms prevent bad art. That's actually, yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, though, Tom. It's like, sometimes there are, like, epic disaster movies that you're like, man, I want to, like, if you've ever seen The Room, or mm-hmm. anybody who's ever seen The Room, that is, like, a complete, colossal, horrible movie. Disaster movie for it. <laughs> right, that is incredible. Yeah, Disaster Artist, yeah. It's yeah, an incredible yeah. movie, though. I enjoy watching that movie. This is just, like, I was, like, checking my phone most of the time throughout the movie. It was just annoying. You know, I'm wondering, though, if you should have saved the $37.50 that you spent to go to the movie theater and waited just to watch Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Ooh, I'm very excited for that. That sure. looks really good. Yeah, it's it's getting pre- a lot of praise so far. So I'm actually, dude, Nicolas Cage rocks. It's got there- a 95% review on Rotten Tomatoes. Fantastic. Which is the critics are down with it. And um, in some cases, the critics can be wrong. Like, there's various tellings of movies that the critics hated, but fans loved it. Let's go check it out. Listen, I, 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 I think the arc of Nicolas Cage has been really interesting because he oh, was an yeah. A-lister for a long time. And then I think there was a, like, a, like in the early 2000s, there was a, like a big slog of, like, really bad movies he made. And... Then he started doing the route of like, there's a movie, I'm in it. Like, I don't care what it is. Like, you want to, it's a high school movie. You're like shooting something for your high school, I'm in. And uh, he's had a bit of a resurgence. Like, there's a movie, Mandy, that came out a couple years ago. 
like fucking crazy ass movie. Really, really good. He's he's uh he's back on the upswing, and I'm all I'm all here for it. I'm a big Nick Cage fan. There was a big thing a couple years ago that he was actually very broke, um, and he owed a lot of money in income taxes and didn't that, pay it. So that makes a lot of sense. He had to be in a lot of these movies that he knew were going to be stinkers solely for the paycheck. He did what he needed to do. He always had good movies that came out though. Like uh, was the adaptation. Adaptation is a great one. That was in the middle of like a really gross stretch of bad films. And he, he knows how to put it together when the script is good and there's good supporting cast. It's just when, you know, the movie is really set up to fail and it has no, it's going to get nowhere near a movie theater. He can kind of just mail it in. Give me your top three Nick Cage movies. You want to go first? I'll take a crack at it. Go for it. Um, Snake Eyes. That's a fucking underrated movie. Although I have not seen it in like 20 years, so it may not hold up. Snake Eyes, Gone in 60 Seconds, and The okay. Rock. Yeah, The Rock's my be... favorite. I'm not the... saying that they're his best acting. I'm just saying that they're three of my favorite. The Rock is my number one for sure. Um, fucking kick-ass movie. Uh, then I'm going to probably go with Face Off just because of how crazy he is. <laughs> yeah. in that <laughs> but like props to john travolta though because he fucking <laughs> nails it um doing nick cage when he when he when i know like i just love how like they never account for the fact that like the body types are completely different 100 percent different the funny thing is i always forget that i always i always think of that movie as more of a travolta movie for that reason I agree with that. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, come on, Castor Troy, man. He's, I mean, he fucking kills. He kills a kid in the beginning of the movie. Like he fucking shoots a kid. <laughs> um, I, I remember how shocked I was when I first saw that. And I would say, the third one, man, that's tough. You're I'm gonna go mandolin with... movie, aren't you? No, Pirelli's mandolin. <laughs> <laughs> Is he even in that? Oh yeah, he's in that. <laughs> um i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with matchstick men um good. yeah i like matchstick men i'm gonna tell you first the movies that did not make the list for me oh i was gonna say the next question i was gonna ask was your bottom three i don't know because i've never seen any of these sh- shitty movies that he's been in um okay movies that did not make the list for me but i still truly enjoy lord of war Mm-hmm. That's that's Jared. Isn't Jared Leto in that? That's, he is, but he's yeah. normal in that. Doctor Michael Morbius, National Treasure. I didn't say that these were bad movies. These were movies that just didn't make the top three for me. Um, and then Family Man. Oh, I have to amend. I don't think I've ever I, heard that one. See, this is why this is so hard because I actually I'm gonna kick one of mine out, and I forgot Raising Arizona. Okay, and that's a fucking that's the pinnacle Nick Cage movie. Okay, and now my three favorite. This one's a little out of left field. This is very young Nick Cage. Moonstruck. Okay. Interesting. His character in that movie was hysterical. Yeah. And just well played for him. The Rock is number two for me. And then one that people don't normally talk about because it's kind of a a tough subject for some. Mm. Eight millimeter. Oh, yeah. I have not seen that in so long. Yeah, it's been a minute. It warrants a rewatch. That was a movie you needed to catch on like HBO at like one forty-five in the morning. Yeah, 
Yeah. Because they're not going to play that shit on Saturday at 8. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will tell people though, there's a movie. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Vampire's Kiss. Mm-mm. No. Okay. I, I would anything that has to do with vampires and romantic it's, gestures, I'm already out. It's not Whatever really it it's not really a vampire movie in the sense. It's a it's basically so he thinks he gets hit he gets bit by a bat early in the movie and he slowly think he slowly starts thinking he's turning into a vampire but really the entire time again it's questionable whether or not he is but he the the whole point of it is basically he's like descending into madness just you called rabies honestly might be Va- just youtube nicholas cage vampire kiss best moments you don't have to watch the movie just watch how he freaks out in that movie and commits to that fucking role incredible really incredible did did he go to a doctor at all in the movie uh i, I was, don't remember does he, does he start at least in that point where he's sane enough to go seek kind medical of help? kind of but you can tell that he's like already kind of a meticulous person there's a scene and they and i've i've heard that from nicholas cage's commentary that they didn't let anybody know that they were filming in new york city he walks down the street covered in blood and uh-huh. mind you, in perfect New York fashion, no one bats an eye. No one cares. No one cares. Everyone's just going about their day. And they're like, guy covered in blood. Oh, but there's boy. a scene where he chastises his assistant on a filing system that is just fucking pure insanity. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of the greatest Nick Cage moments ever. He had a really nice run from 96 to 2000. It was The Rock, Con Air, Face Off, Snake Eyes, 8mm, Bringing Up the Dead, Martin Scorsese film, by the way. That's that's an underrated flick because like, they, don't, they don't talk about that movie with Scorsese's like, catalog, but they don't. It's, a, it's a very good one. Gone in 60 Seconds, The Family Man, and then after that, it's a, uh, it's a real mess. Often, like, he took like a two-year hiatus of like, good movies and came back in 2002 with adaptation 2003 matchstick men national treasure in 04 lord of war in 05 then once we get to the wicker man in 2006 yikes the The wicker man was like a remake right (laughs) another thing to youtube is wicker man not Not the bees bees. (laughs) not the bees um yeah then there's like in the late like early 2000s there's like next knowing bad lieutenant yep but i will say he was awesome in kick ass though if you ever seen kick ass yeah but he's like he's not a main uh, do you feel like he's a main character in that or no he's kind of a side guy but he does like he kind of you know takes over it but like i'm telling you man once he like as of recently you know doing uh mandy which is just a fucking batshit insane movie um and then like he was into the spider verse he was in that and now i mean pig if you guys never seen pig uh it's really fucking good and uh then he's he's i'm telling you man he's starting to he's starting to make a comeback yeah but i'm looking at his wikipedia page right now and it's unbearable weight of massive talent and then three films that are coming out in 2022 and 23 all of which look like they are things that he probably is just going to drive past the the studio on a Saturday afternoon and get paid for. No, no, because uh, he's doing uh, Renfeld, um, which is I think an Adam. I think it's Adam McKay. 
Chris oh, McKay. Chris McKay. Uh, uh, but I know it's written by Robert Kirkman. So that's the guy who did The Walking Dead. It could be interesting. There's not a ton of star power in it either. So, I mean, he's the fucking star. But I, I will say, though, um, for and my previous pick of the week, The Batman is now on HBO Max. Seen um, it. Check it out. Oh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Oh, um, I saw that it was on HBO. I didn't oh, have watched okay. it yet. Um, he he apparently wants to be involved in the sequel um, as a villain, and I'm all fucking here for that. Dang, people loved Pig, but no one went to go see it. It was one of those movies that kind of just snuck up on everybody. Ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it's a legit movie. I'm telling. Wow. I, I think I think we got into a groove last week of just kind of like talking. Which, so talk about a setup because you know here they are. They're like they go out and they get Tyreek Hill. <laughs> well, supposedly all that was supposed to go down, and then Stephen Ross got sued. Yeah, was it because of the Brian Forrest thing uh, that it got called off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I figured because I had I'd heard like there was a lot of smoke going on about Tom Brady wanting to come back. <laughs> There's that moment. Uh, if you saw, I think he was meeting with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, you can hear him basically like say, "Like, so you done?" And Brady's like, mm. the, "Of course." That like set everything on fire that he's coming back. And then like the Dolphins just kind of kept coming up. But like, do you guys have any like real faith in um, Tua Tagovailoa? He's got a winning record as a starter. Mm-hmm. Played out, played Alabama though. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks that played at Alabama who have not made it nearly as far. No, well, I mean, yeah, I suppose that's true. I think Matt Stafford went through this very similar process when he was a young player in the league where he got hurt a lot and then was able to finally get his shit figured out. Is But is his biggest problem that he gets hurt a lot, though? I think so, yeah. Because, like, I look at the arm talent and I'm like, I just, I never, I didn't, even at Alabama, I, I didn't see it. I, my thing with him is that he's, he's athletically declining year to year. I think performance wise, he hasn't, isn't improved in a way that he needs to. And like, he's gotten slower. He's gotten more injured. He's for a guy who was already slow. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's the real problem is like how much before you're, you can't keep up with your competition and you're losing your, your team, the games, you know, instead of winning them. I mean, the thing thing is Daniel, but I don't know. the thing is, though, is um, Mina Kimes was on Bomani Jones's show on Wednesday last week, and she said they're the Tuanon crowd is huge in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> like they came after her when she said, "Like this is not the guy." Dude, she's and fucking great. You know, it's I mean, so funny. I heard that, and I was like killing bees or wasps out on the back porch, and I was started cracking up. Not the fact that they're dying on the ground, but Tuanon, I love it. He's got he's got a big following. A lot of people really like him. I, he does. I understand that one. I there that. was so much buzz about him coming out because, like, I mean, you think about where, like, in in Alabama, like, he came in mid championship game and like brought them back and they won. Yeah. By the way, offensive coordinator for Alabama at that time, current Giants coach Brian Dable. Um, it's a little fun fact. Plug plug plug. Big D. <laughs> so, I mean, like, he had huge buzz. Obviously, lefty quarterbacks always kind of get a little extra attention. But, like, I mean, you watch him in Alabama, though. He's playing, like, he's playing with first-round receivers. I mean, think about the receivers that came out of there. Jerry Judy, um, what's his name, who's now going to jail and for uh, 
going to jail, unfortunately. I know who you're talking about. Uh, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. I mean, you're talking about and having like first round talent on that offensive line. Was so he's Jay Howard those- on that team too? No, I think he was a little bit before. I think he was drafted in 2017. Got it. Um, like but his, I mean, his ability, or not his ability, but his stats are a symptom of the rest of that team being. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, you have to be a certain level, right, to be able to orchestrate an offense. But I mean, it fucking doesn't hurt having four first round receivers on your team. I mean, it's just a football factory. So it's like you can understand why some guys get a little bit overrated when like these guys are running wide open. It's playing, you're playing pitch and catch a lot of times. This is his last year's stats played in 13 games, seven and five record. 2,600 passing yards, 16 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Not great. 67% passer rating, though. What's the average per? Uh, 6.8. I mean, it's not it's not terrible, but it's not good either. And, I mean, if you look up top defenses from last year, I'm guaranteeing Miami is going to be in the, close to the top 10. Yeah. I mean, still a 13-8 record. Has thrown more touchdowns and interceptions. I mean, there are guys with worse numbers who are starting on other teams. I'm going to call him the Michael Morbius of NFL quarterbacks. And the reason is, it's that he's just boring to me. He just does, like, he's not bad, but he doesn't offer uh, much in the way. Like, and, there, and there's a reason why, by the way, that like the Dolphins made it clear that they were going after Deshaun Watson last year. And a big piece of that would have had to have been of providing a quarterback in return, right? And I didn't seem like the Texans were all that interested in taking him. Now, granted, obviously Davis Mills played pretty well for the Texans last year, so I think that kind of made it easier. But like now, they like I mean they didn't get a quarterback in return for the, the Watson trade with uh, Cleveland, but like that was that was also Baker Mayfield. With, so I mean, with all that to be said, though, he was on his way out of Miami if Brady was coming in, right? Oh like yeah. What what ends up being the whole plan there before? Flores and the lawsuit. So from what was reported, Brady would come in as the president of the Dolphins for this upcoming year. His contract with New- with Tampa would expire, and then he would be able to be the starter for Miami for the 2023-24 season. That is such a wild way. And and ultimately to... it's so they can like build draft capital and then so... sign players to make the team great. And then he just comes in and wins the Super Bowl. So how does that work though? Because is it because he becomes president that somehow like the rights are relinquished from Tampa Bay? Because they asked Bruce Arians um about Brady like possibly playing for another team, and he said it's never gonna happen. Because they they own his rights, and basically he said like five first round picks would be the price if you wanted Tom Brady. So how did how would how does he take a job as president, and then all of a sudden become the quarterback? That's my question. Well, I think what would have to happen is, assuming that the Buccaneers don't know anything about this, I think they would have to, the Dolphins would have to make a trade to get Tom Brady to be their president. And ultimately, like, no one's going to, like, give top billing for a president of a team. Mm -hmm. Give a lot. No one's going to ask a ton for a president. Um, So that's the way they were assuming it was going to work. Or Brady's contract ends at the end of this upcoming year. 
And then he starts a new contract with the Dolphins in two years. However, though, that would make him 45, Mm -hmm. 46. Still a top five quarterback. Yeah, but bro, you fucking old, though. Like, those hits hurt harder when you're 46 versus when you're 36. That ain't hurting him right now. I mean, that's the thing. That's only two years away. Not with adrenochrome. You know what though? This is what's annoying is um, I feel like we can't we, we get trapped right because uh, I I was listening to a conversation about this the other day regarding LeBron. Like LeBron is pretty much washed up at this point. I mean he's not. But Spicy. like look, listen, 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 listen. He's crapped out this year. The Lakers didn't didn't go nowhere. Um, he's. He's still consuming so much of the discussion that other talented players are completely missing because he's taking all of that airtime away from them. He's just such a topic that nothing, no one can focus on anything else. No one can talk about all those years that other players were doing great. All these new players are doing great. I'm going to agree and disagree at the same time. Um, I do agree with you that he is in the period of decline if that makes sense so basically he is on the he is on the way down but i still think that with a capable roster he can be um a star player on a team he's just not going to be 25 year old lebron or miami heat lebron where he can take over games but what i will say though is that the one thing that his biggest problem is that he tends to have too much influence in the front office and you look at guys um, that were really kind of like instrumental um, to their to their success, all left in free agency. So that's that's been their biggest issues. I would agree with that. And I posted something that I thought was a hot take in our Discord that LeBron is in legacy destruction mode because he wants to be a GM or Clutch wants to be their GM. Here's my concern about LeBron, and this is something that people don't really talk about a whole lot, is that he's made it clear that he wants to play with his son. And nothing really matters at this point. He just wants to play with him. And if I'm a team president or I'm another player on that team, I am concerned, like, this guy's not actually here to win us a championship. He's here just to get to whenever his son is able to play in the league. And that's going to be, like, his pinnacle at this point and for me that bothers me in the sense that we are giving you all the players you want to succeed we are giving you the coach that you want and this is still not your priority you will still get hurt during the season and take weeks off and then that's where these teams fall apart Mm -hmm. honestly he was way better with Eric Spolstra as the coach because Pat Riley said I'm not firing Eric Spolstra you're gonna have to get over it or you can leave but ultimately, this is your best shot at winning the championship, so just suck it up and play. I mean, at some point, I, I feel like I'd rather just go see a Harlem Globetrotter game because he's <laughs> acting like a fucking clown. Like, it's very vain for him to want to stick around so he could have this M- NBA memory of him playing with his son. It's ridiculous. It bothers me because, like, you know, there's other people around you that have goals, have dreams. It's like, it's not just about you, bro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
I, I listen. I he he is still amongst, if not like he's in the top ten still, um, as far as it goes. But I do agree that he has too much influence. I, I I honestly think I think he's pretty committed um to winning. I think the the son thing was more because like his son still has a couple more years before he's going to. Uh, enter the league and there's questions about whether or not his son is actually going to be like an NBA talent. So I, I think that's kind of all circumstantial at this point. I don't think anybody goes into a season, not thinking that they're going to like to win, to try and win a championship. He's certainly not as championship hungry as he was, but like when you look at the influence that he's had and like letting guys like Alex Caruso leave and letting KCP leave and basically kind of leaving the team with his guys. Maybe those guys weren't his guys. That's been the biggest issue because they went through like over a hundred lineup changes throughout the year injuries. I mean, and this is the problem with hitching your wagon to a guy like Anthony Davis, you know, he's, he's a top five talent, but like just guys just can't stay healthy. He's uh, kind of becoming like the Adam Sandler of the NBA. <laughs> the water boy. It makes you wonder, too, was the bubble championship an aberration or was it an actual legit championship? Because they were never able to put it together after that. I mean, ultimately, we've seen a number of teams win championships where they're in kind of that isolation process and they're able to figure something out. Tom, did we, not, to- did we not talk about Julius Randle the other day? Oh, no. Yeah, that's a great example of that, too. Like some guys play better when there's no distractions. And ultimately, Anthony Davis has done a tremendous job getting paid in playing half the time. Yeah, he he doesn't. Anthony Davis, if healthy, I think they I, I think the Lakers are in the playoffs easy if Anthony Davis had stayed healthy throughout the entire year. But again, like losing the defensive guys and losing Caruso. Caruso was like a glue guy for that team. And you look at how good the Bulls were before he got hurt. Um, so losing a guy like that is it has been kind of devastating for them. But I still say that if you give them a healthy team, I think the Lakers could be good, especially if they end up getting a a better coach. Frank Vogel's lineup decisions were maddening, and I'm not a Lakers fan. Mm -hmm. But I still think that he can win a championship with that kind of team, but it's a question of whether or not these guys stay healthy, and I don't know if they can. I don't know if Anthony Davis is ever going to stay healthy. I don't blame Frank Vogel for any of that, though. I think that he was put in kind of a tough situation where he ultimately didn't have a lot of control over the players that were on the team because LeBron was the one that said, hey, I want these guys to be here. And he's had a track record of that ever since he went back to Cleveland for the second time. And they've moved guys, they've moved draft picks, and now that team has a lot of cap or doesn't have a lot of cap to play with, doesn't have a lot of draft picks to play with, and now they're out looking for another coach. And you know it's going to be somebody that has to be agreeable to LeBron or else that's not going to last. And I don't know who that is. Are they going to have to go out and find like Juwan Howard from Michigan? I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't even know if that would work. I mean, like he's done a nice job, by the way, with Michigan. Um, They got killed for, for hiring him, but I think he's done a nice job. I don't know. I don't know who who do you, Tom. Who would you hire at this point? I would not be shocked if they went out and hired Dion Waiters. 
<laughs> well, there was a there was a conversation the other day too from like all hail the genius of Max Kellerman. Should God. LeBron James be the coach of the Lakers, like a player coach? And that was the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life come out of his mouth. But you have to think though, there's not a whole lot of guys who are going to be able to manage that team and manage LeBron. So it's going to have to be somebody that LeBron likes. I think honestly, a name that should probably has come up already is Scott Brooks. You look at what he did for that OKC team with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. He 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 was able to handle those big personalities. Um, so I mean, like a guy like LeBron, he's he's got a proven track record. Uh, I think that would probably be a good selection. But you know, yeah, it's it, I, I, apparently the the rumor has been that Mark Jackson is on the list. That that's who LeBron wants. And like I love Mark Jackson. I, I he's a Nick. You know, I, I look. I, I like him personally. Obviously, what he did with Golden State was intriguing. You know, kind of fostering that young talent. But like, I don't know, man. That's just seems risky. Well, they've kind of been out of coaching for a while. Yeah, they've boxed. He's been out of coaching. He hasn't been away from coaching, though. He hasn't been away from the game like a guy who's been sitting in the cabin for 13 years. Right, right. Yeah, he's coming out for one one more job. Just yeah. One more job. But who knows? I mean, I would not be shocked if they went out and just hired an assistant coach who is not a huge name. I, I would – if I am a seasoned NBA assistant who can get jobs other places – or I am an assistant coach who is on the rise, I would be hesitant to go to the Lakers because once LeBron gets hurt, Anthony Davis is going to trip on his shoelaces and then he'll be out another 30 games. And then you're left with Russell Westbrook, who should have retired two years ago. They, they made such a mistake. I, I remember them getting Russell and I said it was a mistake. I, I, I have never been the biggest Russell Westbrook fan. Just too many bricks, man. Like all he can do is he can he can attack the basket, but like at at thirty something years old, it's like you have to question how much he can how much more he can do that. So I don't know, man. Um Scott Brooks makes sense to me, uh, because of the fact he also he got the best out of Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook has never been as good as he was when he was on OKC. So I think those uh, guys were all young at the time, though, and now they got egos. Yeah, but I mean, remember also like that team had James Harden and Serge Ibaka and all those guys, and like they, there's a reason why those guys became as good as they were because they were really, you know, he was able to kind of bring out that talent. Obviously, they were going to bring, they were going to be talented anywhere they went. But I'm just, he he he's managed big personalities. That's I think that's just my my take on it. You need somebody who can handle big personalities. Fair. All right, guys. So we're going to make a transition from sports and egos to wars and egos. And (coughs) over the past week or so, there's been more reports coming out about a Russian missile boat called the Moscow that had either one of two options happening. It either blew up on its own when a armaments storage unit within the ship erupted unexpectedly or the boat was hit by surface to surface missiles launched by the Ukrainian resistance. Right now, the Russian Federation is claiming that this is simply an unfortunate accident 
in that the Ukrainians were not involved in it. The Ukrainian government is saying otherwise and saying that they have ha had, in fact, hit the Moscow with um, surface to surface missiles. All in all, 200 Russian sailors are um, supposedly killed in that explosion. But I wanted to talk to you guys about this. What are we thinking truly happened and what kind of implications does either one of those theories have on both Ukraine and Russia? So, God, I want to start with you. What are your thoughts on this situation? What do you think happened and what do you think is going to be the impact? This, this feels like symbolic in some ways because here's Russia's taken an L with this war really bad to begin with. And like we, we kind of got into the incompetence of the Russian Navy to handle a issue like a fire on board or whether it was uh, Ukrainian artillery that ended up causing this to happen. Either way, it just doesn't bear well on the world stage for Russia. I think they kind of came in, they came in so cocky with the whole annexing uh, Crimea thing, ba basically being able to walk in because they caught everyone with their pants down. And now that they're actually seeing resistance, they don't know how to handle it because they've always worked in those types of blitz types of tactics. You know, it's giving them a black eye, right? It's injury to insult. Zelensky kind of warned that there's a chance that Vladimir Putin's going to get desperate and he might have to show off his military might or his ego in this sense and use nuclear weapons. And that's what he's been warning for the last week about this. Yeah. Um, I don't know because we've talked about this in other episodes. Like this guy, he's got to know the way the wind blows. You know, it's going to come right back in his face. But then again, looking at everything that's fucking been going on and him being this master strategist, how much will he really fucking care? Like, how much will he actually fucking think that far in advance? Um, I was running with a little weird theory the other day, and I, I know this is going to take us a little off topic, but we can come back. Um, but what if this was part of Russia's grand scheme of changing power um i don't know if we've ever talked about this before but um i've been running with a conspiracy theory in which putin actually is looking at stepping down but he needs to do it in the same fashion of every modern russian leader which is either forcibly removed in some way or what dies guys... in office or dies in office. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> so, so you do have a conspiracy theory. You didn't have I one. Do. <laughs> Especially with the Russians. Cause I mean, you can never trust like whatever they give you for face value. You can never trust. So correct me if I'm wrong though. Didn't he already choose a successor to take over for him eventually? Am I, am I crazy? Who knows? <laughs> I could have swore he named the successor already. Um, I, I don't think you're that off, though. Uh, I think you're actually spot on about the, like, you you do have to worry about a guy like that. Because he if he gets backed into a corner, and I feel like he has to feel pretty backed in at this point, because there's really no one supporting his actions. And I think he anticipated that. A day to watch out for is Russia Day, um, which is a apparently like a national holiday on June 12th. I think the rumors were that he was trying to have like a 
victory, like a like a George Bush on the on the Navy fleet going, you know, claiming victory in uh they're gonna use the Mosca now they can't. Yeah. So I, I I wonder how much of like if they get to the point where we and again, I don't even like talking about this. And like I understand why he's saying it, but I feel like even putting it out in the universe is like, ugh, it's, well, it's just, too late. It's so many people, right? He already said it. he already said it, so right, he can't you can't go back. But like, I wonder how much of it is just is it that he is Lensky feels boxed in, and he's now trying to say like he's going to use nukes to you know get people to maybe start paying more attention again, or is it that because I mean like you again. You said it the way the wind blows, right? Like he's yeah. killing his own people and he's gonna maybe kill himself doing so, that. I mean, that was the thing though, and I forget if we touched on this in another episode as well, but they were digging around in um Chernobyl. In, in yeah, Chernobyl. What the fuck yeah, was what that? The fuck? <laughs> like, that's why he doesn't really care about and that's why he was trying to get the Belarusian uh military um activated and to come into this fight as well. There were, there were rumors, though, that Russian soldiers died at Chernobyl or got badly injured at Chernobyl because they were digging up like they were digging yeah. up shit there. And it's yeah. like, yeah, somebody took a glowing rock or no, somebody <laughs> picked up a um, a highly radioactive piece awesome. of graphite. Fantastic. Which we all remember the miniseries Chernobyl, right? That shit's bad for you. I guess they don't get HBO over in Russia, but like, does none of these guys have a not. Geiger counter at all? Like, what the fuck? Well, we've also seen the show. The good, the good Geiger counter is in the truck, <laughs> <laughs> and they threw the keys in the woods. <laughs> By the way, um, New York Times uh, is confirming that U.S. intelligence is saying that it was hit by a missile. Yeah, I was gonna read. I wanted to go back to this NPR article. Um, this came out on the 15th, so it's a little old at this point, but just to give folks some context, um, the defense source confirmed that the ship was hit by two Neptune missiles and told NPR that there are likely casualties. Today or yesterday, it was ver- not necessarily verified, but reported that over 200 men were killed. Um, experts say the loss of the Moskva, the flagship of Russia's Black Sea Fleet, is significant both symbolically and militarily, even if it doesn't deal a decisive blow to the, Russia's overall operations. Well, it's been like 40 years, right, since something's gone down. Correct. Yeah. Now, Gato, do, do you think that there's a chance he might eventually, like a guy like Putin might eventually just claim victory? And even though he hasn't taken over Kiev or really any major territory, maybe some outlying areas of the Ukraine are now under Russian territory. Do you think there's a chance that he might just to save face might just go? Yeah, you know, I won. Sure. He could just claim that he's extended the Russian border into Ukraine a bit and call it a day. But I don't think he's going to do that. I don't see him at, at like if you if you're gonna go that far into another country and invade it, and then get pushed back out. I don't think you're going to just say that that's the victory. I only say that because like it's kind of a Trump thing, and well, is like even when he loses, he wins, well, and it's like, a way Trump, of like yeah, portraying strength. With with Trump, it's always about um, it's about like turning one win into another win into another win into another win, right? Right. So, 
spinning it in in a way that sounds favorable. The one thing I would say is because the outcome of the war was so broad by Putin, his major uh, key objectives were to denazify Ukraine and then to keep Ukraine out of NATO. So it doesn't shock me if they say, oh, yeah, we've we've denazified Ukraine. All the Nazis right. are dead. And we've also got Zelensky on record saying that if it means the war will end. We will not join NATO. So, kind of what happens when you create like broad goals, everything can be an like an objective to complete as long as you're vague enough and you're able to just claim victory over things that are so abstract, but there's no like metric that can define it. Right, because we've we've already known that he's been trying to take over Kiev and and pace probably I'm guessing install a puppet regime in Ukraine. That was part of the negotiation a couple of weeks ago. But like it seems as though his public comments have always been like you said, denazify Ukraine, right? So like if he can like he can literally just say like I did it, mission accomplished, and like and like he'll always be able to take. I mean, because really, ultimately, what is what are they going to be able to do to him? It. He, He's probably the richest man on earth. War crimes trial is not going to solve it, though. Like, what are they going to do? Like, I mean, you'd have to be able to get he. He won't be able to leave Russia ever again. But I don't think he ever planned on doing that. Mm -mm. No, um, it's weird because you know a lot of times we get a lot of response on things like it's really about NATO. He sees like NATO as the big enemy, closing in on him. Um, and you make a really good point that because Zelensky has said that if it means ending the war, he won't enter NATO. They did try to have those negotiations, and obviously they were ridiculous. I never even like did anybody hear the full terms of those negotiations? Did that? I don't. Ever... I don't think anything went public. There was some speculation that Ukraine had to dearm itself. Oh, um, they needed to have a installed representative of Russia managing Ukraine or something to that effect, and they can never join NATO. See, and this is where it's like it's kind of horseshit. And I want to call out Russia for doing this. In that, all two of our Russian listeners, by the way, are going to be upset at you. <laughs> oh, I know, but you know what? Maybe they're they're the ones that are also listening to this. Like, yeah, we're getting. We're getting the news from that perspective that is not Russian national news. When they talk about like NATO, like it's this this like threatening alliance around them. NATO's a transparent alliance. Whereas Russia has operated shadow governments, puppet governments across Eastern Europe, um, into um the Middle East for for years and years and years. And they act like that's fine, you know, and it's always been it's it's so different because it's one sided in that at least in NATO these com these countries still have a level of independence to govern themselves and they're they're not solely they're not solely influenced by the others whereas everything that the puppet governments do is only at the best interests of Russia mm -hmm. and it's very fucking annoying to say that one is the same as the other and then to claim that a country doesn't have that dis that choice of its own because of you. It's a very, like, to do that. Then again, I'm an American, and I can't even fucking talk because we do just as terrible shit. 
Um, I, yeah, I think that's I think that's a good thing to bring up. By the way, um, I think we I think for for all of us, there's been a lot of like like crazy Russian, you know, anti-Russian sentiments, and unfortunately, that ends up spilling up to like Russian people, you know, and it's like they're not guilty of any crimes, like especially just trying to live, especially people in America, um, they've done nothing wrong. And like, okay, some of them may share the sentiments, but like at the end what, of the day, it doesn't mean change anything. There is a key difference here. The people here that are pro-Russian, that are in the news, that are running rallies, we don't lock them up because they carry right. that sentiment. Exactly. Whereas if you had that anti-war sentiment in Russia, they're going to fucking lock you up. Yeah. And so I, I do think we, like, we have to acknowledge the U.S.'s, um, you know, similar dealings i guess you can say uh in afghanistan iraq and pretty Latin much America. Na- name a fucking other place in the Latin world America. yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> I, i'm glad though that this is starting to become a topic that we are really talking about i don't even know what the the correct word would be for it but the the way that these countries are sometimes treated uh by uh, superpowers and that like this this has been like a conversation going back to the obama era Mm-hmm. Where it's like you're apologizing for America was a popular sentiment by the Tea Party, and it's like, well, no, he's acknowledging past mistakes, and you know, unfortunately, Obama with his um, you know record as well when it comes to drone strikes are is very poor. But like, I think I think it's a good topic that we ultimately a lot of people don't like to talk about is that like nationalism comes in many forms. And American nationalism is just as strong as Russian nationalism. But ultimately, I actually wanted to kind of pivot for a second, guys. Um, I want to play devil's advocate for a sec. What happens if it wasn't missiles? What if it did blow up? What What does that say about Russia at that point? It's the common, are you incompetent or are you dumb? Yeah. So which one is it? Did this inferior fighting force sink the yeah. flagship of the black sea fleet or is your crew just so bad at their jobs that this munitions depot on board the ship exploded and exactly 200 of them and the flagship of the black ship fleet of the russian navy sank honestly there's no real good way to spin that and i think I think the Russian military, if, in fact, it did blow up on its own, I think they missed a huge opportunity to create a USS Maine event where the USS Maine blew up in the Havana Harbor in Cuba, which ultimately led to the the Spanish-American War. They could have used that as the rallying cry for a already unpopular war to say Mm – they are starting to target ships that are 60 miles off the coast and they've missed an opportunity to reinvigorate the population, reinvigorate the military. But instead you've said, no, 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 no. Our guys are just not good at their jobs and that's why they're all dead. They've taken the wrong approach, but at the same time, they probably had the reason that they didn't want to give the Ukrainian military that much credit for being able to have two Neptune missiles smash into the side of the pride of the Black Sea Fleet. It is the military equivalent of the Mark Sanchez butt fumble. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Whose fault is it really? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty funny though. Um because like it, it it's it not not people dying of course, but I'm just saying that it's like it's pretty funny that you you really have to take the L. Like they're pretty much they're pretty much admitting like Russia's never going to admit that Ukraine like shot their so like they're basically saying like yeah, we we had a an issue on board and it you know killed so many people and it's due to our own incompetence. So it's like <laughs> it really yeah, instead it of being noticed. like oh anyone could touch us i think their idea was it, it's better to make it sound like it was on us than to make it sound like the insignificant ukraines could actually touch us yeah. right because i think that's still part of that whole what they're sending out to their population in in messaging right is that we're still untouchable we're still this great powerful nation these small-time Ukrainians, they, they, they make them insignificant, right? They're trying to... That's strategy 101. Anytime you see these nationalist you know, movements or, or countries doing this, is you always demean the other group, the, your adversary. You prescribe that label to the entire fucking population, and you start to create these kinds of points, right? Talking points. Um, so I think, like in in Russia's eyes, the the real idea behind it all was that no one can touch us. These insignificant Ukrainians can't touch us with missiles. That's a lie. We just had, uh, uh, you know, an issue on the ship, and the ship blew up. Yeah, I agree. So with both of those situations, so and I'm reading this from the NPR article right at the end. Um, if the ship did blow up on its own, it would not be the first Russian ship to blow up in the Black Sea. Imperia Trista Maria Dreadnought battleship sank in 1916 after an explosion involving ammunition occurred, or if it was hit by a uh, surface-to-ship missile, it would be the largest warship to be sunk in combat since a similarly-sized cruiser was torpedoed by a British submarine in the 1982 Falklands War. Long time since there's been any kind of major naval combat that has occurred but i mean whether it was by design or by disaster the russians do not look good at this point and i want to just touch on this right before we switch to another topic we talked about this in our episode dedicated on the the war in ukraine we talked about russia not having an army that can have a sustainable front for it's not designed for months or years long conflict. And we're starting to see that right now where you see Russian forces on the ground starting to withdraw. They're starting to try different things at different places. There's reports of chemical weapons being used unverified, but all in all, you have to wonder what's next. What do they try next? There's only so much they can do. And there's still weapons being pour, pouring into Ukraine from both NATO and the U.S. and other allied countries. Russia doesn't necessarily have that. They have China that they're relying on, but not many other places either. Actually, you know, it's interesting. You brought up another thing is that um, I think they're going to continue to get some L's here because I saw stuff like I saw something the other day on Twitter about um, a pair of AirPods. And how they had actually gotten weaponized to track the Russian soldiers. Because what do soldiers do when they invade towns and places? They steal things, like electronics. So some of the 
uh, guys in the Russian army stole some AirPods and they were then able to locate where they were. And so now, because of the stuff they looted, they're actually able to pinpoint where troops are and lines of fronts. Pretty fucking crazy, actually. What row? Yeah. Well, the, the Ukrainians were able to do that even at the beginning hours of the war because somebody was able to ping the cell phones on the Russian soldiers and the one thing that Russian troops were told to do was turn your cell phones off when we invade, when we cross the border, and they didn't do that. And they were taking selfies and leaving their cell phones on and making phone calls. <laughs> name also- something. Name something more fucking 2022 is that people at war are taking fucking selfies. Oh, it's nuts. I didn't catch that in Saving Private Ryan when somebody was on the <laughs> beach like, hey, take one of me, take an Aussie with me and my boys. You know that famous uh, speech in Patton? Right, where all of a sudden he's like, and make sure to take selfies on the battlefield. <laughs> Don't have FOMO from your brothers in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I didn't catch that when they did that long panning shot of Omaha Beach. I didn't see anybody's cell phone out. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, I can't imagine they're that disorganized that they couldn't get their soldiers to turn off their phones. What I do imagine is that they have, like, our our military has PR soldiers that are out there trying to take, you know, get images, show stuff that can then be used to boost the morale, to get propaganda out there. So that kind of does make sense. Yeah, but you would think that they would have something a little bit more secure. They'd be using just more like secure an, networks, for sure. Right, like an Or Apple like an actual and, camera, yeah, that you're not pinging. Yeah, yeah. like this entire invasion is for not because someone didn't update to iOS 14.2.1. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... You, you can't get any more fucking 2022 than that. Like, this is why also I think, like, I don't think, like war really works in this generation because too many fucking young people have Twitter and like they, and like, you know, social media and they get influenced by other cultures and other, other countries. So it's like, why am I going to battle and fight these guys when I could be doing Snapchat instead? You know? Well, that's the thing about war in developed nations, right? Because yeah. this wasn't so much an issue when America was invading Afghanistan and Iraq, right? Because Which is sad. Because because they don't have the infrastructure for for this. You had to call on a sat phone to talk to somebody. And now that's not the case, right? And like as things are happening, we're hearing about it in real time. It's it's been a very weird war, right? It's it's an incredibly weird war because it seems like one, we've found much different ways, but I think they're also pretty traditional ways in which to fight wars. Like, this has mostly been, from the Western Front, a war of economics. And we're, we're fighting with, um, you know, trade embargoes and, and economic sanctions and stuff like that. And you would think in a war, just all bets would be off, but because of the globalization, because of the technology, because of how everything's interconnected, right? We were talking about the Russian guy that the oligarch that owned the steel in Colorado and uh, how they just shut him down. I think it was like two weeks ago, you know? Um, it's So it's been such a weird, weird war um, just because of live updating and knowing what's going on. And 
how we're still just like poking fun of it at the same time as it's happening. I mean, I follow like this fake Putin account that is just hysterical sometimes, but it's also pretty terrible because like the the subject matter is that, you know, this is still a war. People are dying every day. And the best way I would describe it, too, is as society has progressed with these um, modernized countries, the chessboard has gotten much bigger and there are many more pieces on it now. So there's a lot more moving parts, obviously, to get a war machine booted up. And also, too, as you said, Gatto, the world is much more interconnected and it's no longer if then sentences. It's now if then, 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 because all of the dominoes start to fall yeah. because there's all these other interconnected agreements and treaties and alliances that have now made things more complicated. But I am sure in 1914, someone was making this exact same argument and that ended up being one of the most Let horrific wars in world history. It, but it's funny because some of the goals of like creating alliances has prevented probably war from leaking out and at this point is now because even though it's caused this war it's what's also stopping it from spilling into other nations and that's true that's fair it's it's a, it's, a, it's almost you know i think that we've done a lot in the last couple uh decades to broker and maintain peace and the fact is that one of the biggest pieces of war, the element of surprise, no longer exists because of technology. And yeah. that's a very critical part to the Russian war strategy that doesn't exist unless you're going, you know, this is the this is the fears that they just go completely by air. And that's the one thing I don't think they've really done is just try to decimate Ukraine by going by air. Jet fuel is extremely expensive. Yes, that's true. And they didn't have a lot of it beforehand, so... Well, this could be them biting that time. I mean, that's a possibility. Dragging out a losing war, get everybody out. They've increased their production now. Yeah, but, but it's for takes, another debate. Yeah, I mean, it all the, all in all, like I think it's fair to say this has not gone the way that many people have thought it was going to go. Um, yeah, the Russians thought they were going to overrun the country in a matter of days. Ukraine officials themselves thought the country was going to be overrun in a matter of weeks, well, and. Somewhere in the middle, everybody was kind of saying something similar to that. So, I mean, but uh, what I really want to know is what type of weird fetishes do you think Vladimir Putin has? I think he's a feet guy. <laughs> he's definitely a feet guy. Unmanicured toes is his big thing. What is that YouTube trend where people eat ungodly amounts of food? Mukbang. That. What was it? Uh, it's, called, it's called mukbang. It's basically you. you're listening – and watching people like gorge themselves on food. Ugh. I don't understand the appeal. So you mean this whole time I could have just put a mic under me while I ate and made millions of dollars? Yeah. Honestly, probably yeah. Like even from an ASMR uh, uh, like perspective, there are people who like the sound. Like there's nothing that irks me as like, than a loud eater. Well, because it comes in many different forms, right? But like there's some people who like will just like. But like, there's like, I, I think there are people who are into like food sounds, and I'm like, that that makes me like, like mental. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Chew so with you, your mouth so, open. <laughs> so you listening to somebody eat seventeen thousand calories of like 
cup ramen is probably not what's going to do it for you, right? No. no if, it, you if you want me to, <laughs> if you want me to become more enraged, <laughs> Jesus Christ, fucking wet mouth sounds. I don't need it. Um, <laughs> These noodles are so good. <laughs> oh my god. Hey, let's just say it, it would be. It would, oh my god! Stop, please. <laughs> <laughs> fucking worse than nails on a chalkboard I'll, let me put it in perspective it would make me more angry than dealing with delta airlines customer service what about if the person who was on the phone with you was eating at the same oh time? I, i'm i'm just like i'm gonna i i will find a way to get elon musk to buy delta airlines just to shut it down so what would that person need to be eating in order to drive you off the edge and hang up uh, slurping noodles would be probably the worst. Interesting, because like I can deal with a like like chewing crunchy noises, crackers, like, crunchy like annoying, but like the like what you were just doing of slurping, like doing a slurp sound, or like if you're eating like oodles and noodles, is like I will like commit violence. So you could never go to like Japan, where the ramen shops. That's like that's well, like actually like you said like. That's yeah. their way of expressing that they enjoy the food. No, I'd be food. I'd be respectful of like their the customs. culture. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's fine because like everyone's doing it, so like I uh, whatever. Like it's it eventually like probably harmonize and actually sound pretty good. But like one random person doing it, it's like especially like Tom, if they're doing. <laughs> oh God! You got any uh, noodle shops down in Charlotte? We have several. We're gonna go to one. <sighs> oh, we're gonna go to several. Wait, We're North Carolina to has stuff in it? Believe it or it was, not. I thought yeah. it was just a barren wasteland of sadness. I mean, we also have the It will be when too. we're slurping those noodles for you. <laughs> um, to answer your question, though, Gatto, um, I would guess he likes to be humiliated. That's 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 all powerful guys. Yeah, they, just, they like being fucking talked down to for whatever yeah, weird of course. reason. Of course. Why doesn't he just get on like the, the helpline of like Toys R Us or something. He could just call Delta customer service and they'll do it for free. What is, like what would you say if you were calling you you walked into a Best Buy and Vladimir Putin was one of the geek squad and he had to help you fix your gateway <laughs> laptop? God. That that's such a that's such a specific situation. First <laughs> off, he would own wraparound bifocals. That's something he would definitely be He wearing. would definitely have the foldable ones that he wears as like a necklace or the ones that connect together at the bridge. Yes. Oh, let's see yeah, what we have the here. On. Yes. There we go. By the way, flawless Russian accent right there. Thank you. <laughs> Use phrases like can do and I'll get it done on the jiffy. Easy peasy. Not a problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah it's simple, know. really. It's simple. It I'm, pretty much, it's I'm pretty simple. sure I'm going to a different Best Buy at that point. <laughs> you just start, you just about face and go over to Target. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's Target, Tom. Target. Yeah. They got basically the same stuff at this point. Have you walked into a Best Buy lately? No, no. no. I can't really, say I have. Yeah, I like. I don't even understand why they're still operating as big boxes. I used to go in there for like DVDs and stuff, and like now everything is so streaming prevalent that I don't ever buy DVDs ever. Do you have a DVD player in your house still? I do. I have a Blu-ray player, but like it's got dust. Ooh, it's fancy. Got, yeah, yeah, man. You know me. Um, it's got dust all over it though, because it's like I have not used it forever. I feel like you'd get more use out of VHS at this point. 
<laughs> I feel bad for anybody who made like an extensive DVD Blu-ray collection only to like, oh, now it's streaming. And I, I get the idea of having the value. I get the value of it though, because like, what if the internet's down? You know, you can't watch fucking anything. But yeah, like, that. you yeah. might have to go outside. You might have to just download it on touch a grass. hard drive first. No, you have to touch grass, and that got forbid. No. <laughs> oh, by the way, Tom, um, I wanted to point something out because I'm very sad today. Uh, so, Tom, you had mentioned p- the potential idea of coming to Long Island um, eventually. And you mentioned that you wanted to pilgrimage to the oasis known as Bordy Barn. The boardiest of barns. I am sad to report that it looks as though the Bordy Barn has been officially closed forever. Unfortunately, one of the co-owners had passed um, and uh. it looks like it was sold um yes. I, I it's not yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, officially yeah. official okay. but the, all the rumors are that it is closed and the website although not very impressive sorry Bordy barn um has not been updated and there's no schedule for 2022 put up so the the, the overwhelming consensus looks to be that it's not no longer a thing we should try to host a fire festival there i think the fire festival could work i'm gonna do no work I'm just gonna I'm gonna claim land and say we're having a music festival. It's done. It'll, it'll just work itself out. We no, we just show up. Yeah, we had this whole agreement with the owner. Um, this is all for a charitable event. Our pockets. It's, yeah. Um, it's for sewing pockets onto kids' pants. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's called pockets for kids. Pockets for kids. Um, you know, we fill kids, our pockets, pockets therefore, to give them pockets. pockets <laughs> and it squeaks. A, a pocket for every kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm deeply saddened by this because as much as I think I've in a lot of ways outgrown Forty Barn, and like I think like I always had a love hate relationship with it. Like I hate the fucking long lines. The beer sucks. But like you found puke it all over. There, the place. There's something. Yeah, I puke in Gatto's car. Um, that was amazing. It was. I did. I get anything on your car? Was all my shirt? Uh, I think a little bit on the carpet, but then I just pulled that out, washed it, so it was cool. All right, cool. So, yeah, the but I, my, not even the carpet, the floor. And mat. my aim is pretty, pretty immaculate. I'm not gonna lie. You, I, I mean, most people would probably just like open the window and put their head out. I think I tried. You decided you were we like, were dr- no, you, we were I'm going taking to this a- for me. This is. I'm gonna wear this shame as I walk up to my house. <laughs> You were like, I have to, I have to walk in this filth now. I've never seen my parents more disappointed in me in my life. Um, I mean, I, we were going onto a highway. We were going onto a highway. So we were almost no way... off of a highway. At okay. That point. Yeah. Well, it goes um, to show how much I my remember. parents picked me up from the Bordy Barn every time I went there. That's awesome. That from the awesome from way. the from a train station, whether it was the Shirley Mastic train station or the uh, Yapak train Yapang train station, which in some cases, I would have fallen asleep and not realized. That oh, I remember, I Tom. Time. I remember. Uh, Tom, Tom, one day we will have to tell the story how he infamously spent over $200 at the Bordy Barn because it almost seems like an impossible feat. It really is. It's not. It's not for me. <laughs> we'll have to get that into that one, one other day. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm saddened because – as much as I have, I always had a love-hate relationship with it. Um, it. It's really sad to see that, like, I was hoping to get one more in, 
before. And I, I mean, again, you never think because it's been open since what's the fucking eighties. My you, for fifty-one years. You never think that it's going to close, but apparently, a mutual friend of ours, Jordan, was telling me that um, apparently there's like new people coming into that area, and they don't want that around. They don't want that type of. That sucks for them. Then go somewhere else. <clears throat> yeah, it's it uh, fucking sucks, man. Fuck you. You show up and now you dictate the terms of the place. Come on. I mean, look, I get it, but like, you know, I, I guess maybe I was a little bit naive to think that like there was no chance it would be true. But then I thought about like Neptunes and shit that got shut down eventually too. So depending on, I mean, no matter how highly successful it is, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this spawns somebody to either buy it. I don't know if it's officially sold. Well, it's it's been like, you know, it's, the the Sold. thing about that is that it's it did a Fuck. it's yep. a it's a pastime it's a tradition right that's that's the thing was unique to Eastern Long Island that but it was like a little bit of a pilgrimage yeah it was a pilgrimage thing and and I I mean I wasn't that big of a fan of it because there was no. other things but uh, it's not it's not really it's it's really terrible. When it's you think it's about a, it. It's a ridiculously bad experience that is fun. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it so much, but I loved it at the same time. Just, like, I don't know if that doesn't make any sense, but you're just getting yeah, you're getting these like lukewarm. It, like, it, it is a uniquely, barrel beer. Yeah, it's a uniquely um, Long Island experience. Yeah, it's super crowded, but yeah, I, I again, I don't know, like I don't know who bought it, and I don't know what the details are for that but i can only hope that they at least keep it somewhat what it is and allow those uh situ- you know those days to still go on because i'd love to just at least get one more in i mean it's it just doesn't seem right tom do they have uh a, something like that down in charlotte do they have any no, sort but, of famous no but events? i have i have a backyard <laughs> You're gonna turn and that into the boardy barn all summer, Tom. Do you have stickers? Do you have smiley face stickers? Because then otherwise, I have second mouse podcast Dude. stickers. Ooh, the second mouse podcast barn, and we're giving them out to listeners who send us their pick of the weeks and about nine dollars. Yeah, it's for shipping. <laughs> yeah, I'm not spending five dollars to send you a fucking sticker. <laughs> Sorry about you. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's just it's just sad, but I I, I figured I'd report that because uh, we we had some we had some hopes of uh, recreating that moment in which uh, Tom spent over two hundred dollars at the party barn. I just want to make sure I stress that two hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, I will also say too that, that was it. it felt like more. It, it probably was more. I mean, we went multiple times, so it was definitely more. He uh he was definitely on the train, no, no, but in like Come. one. Yeah, no, one it was sitting? one. It was one. It was one sitting because you woke up on the one train sitting. and you said, "Where the fuck is all my money?" And I said, "You spent it all." Yeah, you tried to happens. buy a hundred beers at once. The look 100. the bartender gave you was like a look of pure disdain, and also like he felt bad. Like, oh, this is this is bad. But he did. He did do fifty for you, and you got <laughs> a couple out of it. So you were handing me beers with at such a ferocious rate. That I like eventually just started throwing them in the trash because they were just <laughs> because I had three beers yeah. I, th- I had three beers in my hand and you were like trying to hand me another one and I was like I'm good and you're like giving me like a death stare like take this fucking beer 
So I just took the one that was the warmest and threw it in the I, fucking trash. Look, I have to say. That's what the world would be if we had socialism. That See? <laughs> Take that, fucking Mitch McConnell. So do you want this sandwich, yes or no? Great. Here's four of them. <laughs> <laughs> do you need a car? Here's six of them. <laughs> Take the fucking car. <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, I think we'll have fun when you guys come down here. There's plenty of places oh, that sure. we can reenact. Not necessarily this, but we can have a good time down here. You and can certainly get blackout drunk anywhere. It was interesting watching both of you blackout there. Um, because you did have yeah. similar mannerisms in that all of a sudden you stopped actually using words and you just, it was... Gatto, uh, Gatto spent an hour, over an hour searching for me in the boarding oh, barn. dude. Only, the only, only define me. You blacked out. Yeah. So <laughs> wait. So this is what makes the, the least amount of sense is that we we're here at the Bordy Bar and we're having this this great time. You were, and, by the way, uh, you were not you were not drinking at that time because you were doing you were a very healthy. Like you were doing like a like a new health thing, and you were like, "I'll drive you to the Bordy Bar and drive you home," and I was like, "Giddy up!" Oh, I remember. You ended up running into like your cousin's friends or something. And uh, my yeah, my cousin's brother in law. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh and you guys just started fucking chugging them like it was I don't even know if it was a contest or something. I, I was already blacked but, out at that point. Yeah, by that that, that point, because I remember you were like, Oh, you gotta collect the cups. And you stacking <laughs> the cups, and by the time you had like a three foot long arm sleeve of the cups, and then we, you see him. We had and... been there for two hours, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the pacing was not there because this is like something that goes on for what, like uh, eleven hours or something, twelve hours. No, I think I think they're open for like I think it was eight hours. It's I think 12, it's eight hours. Eight. I think they open at one and they close at like. Eight o'clock. I, I think it was like twelve to oh. eight or something like that. Yeah, some shows how much I fucking know. We we never made it to the very end. <laughs> no, never. We Can't never do it. it never. End. Like for whatever reason, we. I think you had you had a a thing around your neck. It was it was like candy. It was like a. It was supposed to look like. <laughs> it, it was. was it, it was during. Okay, it was during the time in which. Yeah. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen had was in his winning stage. Yeah. So I had I had this I had the t-shirt of winning and I found I was at the mall and I found ti- uh, Tiger's blood. It yeah, was like, like it was like a like a liquid candy and I had no intention of drinking it because I'm like it's going to be disgusting, but I was like for the aesthetic purposes I need to wear this. So yeah, you guys yeah, and so you're wearing it and then you guys like whooping it up and then you fucking pounded the fucking tiger's blood. No, I didn't. He did. Oh no, he that puked. was that was the other he, dude. He, he puked other dude? afterwards. Yeah, he puked afterwards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he like rips it off your neck and like chugs it down. <laughs> I would never I would never like I would only drink beer. I would not drink that. I can only imagine later that guy's puking up fucking red goo. People people, people think he's puking thinking, up Blood, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, we need to get you to a hospital right away. No, no, don't worry about this. This, this is. I I don't remember what happened. All I remember is I woke up next to. You. I found your car, which was amazing. So, so now this is this is the interesting part. You you were you had stopped saying things. You were almost like weekends at Bernie's. Like your head would tilt over, and like I couldn't <laughs> tell if you were alive or not. And then you'd like start moving again. 
And um, at some point, you were like, you needed to use the bathroom. You didn't really say it, but I understood it. So I was like, all right, man, go over it. You were over near the port potties. I was right there. You couldn't have passed me. Somehow you slipped past me. Somehow you completely slipped past me. And I'm looking around for you for like, I don't know, fucking. And it was, it was, it had to be a solid hour at least. It felt longer. I'm going back and forth across the boardy barn looking for you. And one of the bouncers came off his post. You know how they always had that step? And mm-hmm. I just stepped up on there to take a look around, right? And sure as shit is, he's coming back and he's yelling at me. I look out and my car is parked in the parking lot. And you're, you're literally, your back is on on my trunk. And your, your head is straight up. Straight up in the sky. Incredible. And I was like, oh, Incredible I found self. my friend. Yeah, I'm leaving. Don't worry. You don't got to kick me out. I got it. Now, <sighs> now, was it hot that day? It was summer. Yeah. Oh man! So you're, so I woke you're up just laying on a hot car. I woke up and I had a water bottle in my hand. So some nice person handed me a water bottle. Which I don't know how the fuck you slept like that. That is beyond me. Oh, um, it's not I, really sleeping. It's more being passed out. It was suspended animation. <laughs> yeah. It's like the z- zombies in fucking I Am Legend that it's are like, just it's, in the dark, a, like fucking. It's, it's almost suspension. like a form of stasis. It's not like I was not like <laughs> I was yeah. like frozen in carbonite or something. Like it's not like it's not a real. <laughs> yeah. We get on the road and we're so close. Exit. Cop is right, uh, right ahead of us who had already pulled someone over, and he knows what's up. Everybody knows what's up on a Sunday during the summer. And I, and and you were like gesturing that you were gonna like puke yep. all of a sudden, and I was Hell like, yeah. "Oh, dude, just hold it just a little bit longer." What are you and, talking about? It's the greatest day ever. And all of a sudden, I just heard like a it was like a gurgle. Yep, it was like a it was almost like a natural spring had sprung within you. And by the way, I just look way, over and perfectly flowing out of you was just beer and beer and beer. There was no solids, thank God. It was just beer. And you were just puking it up onto yourself. By the way, and only one of two times I've ever puked from drinking. So that's amazing. Pretty, imp- I, pretty impressive ratio. That was it's like not bad every night for me in freshman year. Yeah. So I mean, honestly, that was like pure, like just overdoing it. That's what it does, man. That place does it to you, though. It really does, like sometimes bring out the best and worst in you. Yeah, you got a nice like two hour stretch where like life is good. Then after that, you got you realize that you have to go to the bathroom. You're warmer than you thought you were going to be, and you're starting to slip into like being really drunk. Mm -hmm. Things are getting a little fuzzy. Yep, exactly. Very quick. So, yeah. So if it's true, R.I.P. the Bordy Barn because that's. uh, And we will pour one out for the Bordy Barn when you guys come down in two weeks. Damn straight. Who's your asshole? Oh, God, there's so many of them. Uh, this is kind of low-hanging fruit, unfortunately, because I mean, he may have already been one, uh, but I'm going to go with J.D. Vance. He's running for the United States Senate in Ohio. Um, he also famously wrote a book called Hillbilly Elegy uh, that became a movie. Oh, yeah, this guy. Okay. Yeah. So he recently actually received the Trump endorsement, Trump seal of approval. Uh, he also tried to fight his uh, his uh, other guy running for 
uh, the Senate uh, for the Republican Party. So they actually were having a debate and it almost led to fists. Uh, so they actually, and this is coming from Vice. So again, I, I don't know if it's been fully confirmed that it is his, but uh, he will be asshole regardless. But uh, apparently they uncovered some Facebook messages from 2016. So obviously prior to Trump being coming president, where he referred to Trump as either a cynical asshole or quote, America's Hitler. And uh, he's, he's now fully excited to completely uh, receive the endorsement of this man. So at this point, it just, it just, it's not uncommon. You saw it with people like Kellyanne Conway um, and a lot of people in the Republican party that used to tell you the dangers of Trump and then ultimately just start drinking the Kool-Aid. So uh, for all those reasons, asshole of the week, JD Vance, Gatto, Tom. Gatto, you go ahead. Yeah. Sure. Um, I don't know who I really want to call an asshole here. I'm going to just say it's actually the Department of Education for New York State. Queen's principal was accused of fraudulent schemes to boost graduation rates. It's not really the sinister part. I mean, yes, very self-serving in some ways, depending on how much he was taking credit for it. But he was, you know, fixing grades. He was... um, Awarding credits to failing students, making fake classes, all sorts of shit. Basically, he ended up being fined like 12 grand and told he wasn't allowed to work as a principal anymore. However, he's now taking a desk job in the DOE and he will still maintain his $187,000 annual salary until he retires. And he's going to get full health, retirement benefits, all that good stuff paid vacation so we're talking about someone who's raking in somewhere around like 1.8 million after being caught for cattling students through his school i'm a little torn here on whether he's the asshole or it's the department of education and a part of me wants to say that he was only doing what the department of education wanted him to do and that's why they gave him this cushy job and he just had to be the fall guy in the end. I um, think you can, I think you can do both. Gato. I really I think, think I, I think they, both. I think they both, I think they both are going to uh, uh, apply in this uh, scenario. It's just really surprising that nobody can get the fuck out of their way when it comes to holding people accountable. It's, it's embarrassing. Just, it is. And at this point, it's not, uh, it would not be shocked if the entire country is completely apathetic because both political parties do this shit all the time. And it's mm-hmm. they accuse the other of doing it and then they go ahead and do it like the lieutenant governor for New York just got arrested for on a bribery charge. Bribery didn't charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't take much to do the right thing, guys. Like you just don't do stupid shit because ultimately the world's not big enough where you can get away with this stuff anymore. People are going to get caught. Everyone's got an axe to grind now. It's not like people just stumble on this stuff. They dig it up and they find it. Yeah, man. And um, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, like what does happen is that a lot of kids sent out into the world with a lack of an education and they're the real victims here. Nail in the coffin of public education when it comes to like school choice advocates, because they'll use this and say that school administrators are corrupt. They don't actually care about your kids. 
And this will continue to fuel that debate on whether public schools are a good thing or the entire industry should be privatized. Yeah. I mean, I, I can business. tell you right now, the whole idea of vouchers fucking falls short real fast when you think of what educational institutes will end up having to do in order to survive in that type of world and compete with those um, elite level ones or the wealthier ones is that they'll end up having to go out and get promotions from companies and we'll just see a lot of things like that or take money from religious I think that's the intention uh, as well, by the way. I think that, you're 100 percent right, sense. and yeah, corporate yeah, that's, what, that's what they want. You're gonna see, yeah. you're gonna see principals running around trying to get their kids to make like viral videos all day. This social, this social studies class is sponsored today by Pepsi. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. what a distraction! That's that's exactly what will end up. Please happening. don't read about the sugar wars that happened. Yeah, <laughs> and then they're gonna dictate the curriculum, man. Oh, yeah. No, we don't know nothing about smoking. You can't talk about that in health class no more. So, yeah, that's Funny the stuff. state of our educational system. Tom, have you? Uh, I have. I needed to find this person's name. I knew who it was. I just couldn't remember his name. So my asshole of the week is actually a GOP state senator by the name of Frank Nicely. Um, I want to preface what I say with I do not understand the GOP's weird fascination of making Hitler an example on every situation. <laughs> they can't help themselves. Frank over here, um, he gave a speech on something to the effect of homelessness. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I just yes. saw the clip of him online. Yep. And some of the, the phrasing that he used was, in 1910, Hitler decided to live on the streets for a while. So for two years, he practiced his oratory and body language and how to connect with citizens and then went on to lead a life that got him in the history books. What the fuck? What the actual fuck? Why are we using this person as an example of how to practice your oratory skills when there are so many other better examples of orators and people who actually did some fucking good use with their oratory skills. He so I do not, he, he I do not understand this weird the, fascination of making Adolf Hitler a blue collar worker by the GOP. He, he couldn't even work use at fucking carrier. He was the weirdest. <sighs> and the weirdest thing is he, he then was just like, Oh yeah. And I vote yes on the bill because that's what that speech was, was, just for him to say yes on a fucking bill, I don't. He could have even, he could have, he could have even used like GE and like like Ronald Reagan. Like, oh, he started out as a spokesperson and became the president. Like, they they can't help themselves, man. I just I don't get it. I don't understand it. My brain is hurting. How much people use like Hitler as like an example? He didn't work at fucking Geico. He wasn't a nice guy. Why are we using him as an example of what you can do with your life? Like you could be anything you want to be a scientist, a writer, a fascist. Like that's those two, those three things don't correlate with one another. So all that to be said, yeah, Frank, you're the asshole. It's so piece. weird. It's so weird because he, he, I don't know why he did that because the bill was criminalized homeless encampments on public property. That was the by bill the way. By the way, on. Eric Adams is doing the same thing in New York. The They're all doing it. They're, they're this is a common trend that's been going on for about two years now in the U.S. and 
they're basically like, it's not a problem if you can't see it anymore, right? We'll just throw yeah. it in jail. Yeah, this is actually a um, – this is in like an old Jim Crow law that's being brought back because um, vagrancy was actually a crime for freed slaves. Got to find and, a way to get them get somehow, right? Yeah. Um, one mm-hmm. of my picks of the week from a few weeks ago, um, the YouTube channel Knowing Better, has a really interesting new – um, episode on neo-slavery and the the end of actual slavery at the end of the Civil War, the Reconstruction era, and then ultimately the creation of the, the prison industrial complex, which was basically forged from all of these Jim Crow laws that would basically throw people in prison for, you know, you're standing around at this general store for too long. You must be homeless. It was, Ergo, uh, it was it was joblessness too, right? If you didn't have yes. a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like purposely wouldn't hire them because they were freed slaves. And so that they would, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a whole system of basically creating a new, um, a new class of slaves essentially in, in prison. Or if you walked off a job, like if somebody that you're working for didn't pay you and you quit. Jesus. That's the other fucking insane thing is like, you won't hear about this if you go to a school in the South. By the way, I'm also going to say Eric Adams. Eric Adams is a real piece of shit as far as I'm concerned. Another guy, he he didn't release his tax returns and he won't he won't do it. So he's basically just taking it out of the Trump playbook. You know, I wouldn't doubt if the um, prison industrial complex is bankrolling these laws. Right. That would kind of make sense. It wouldn't shock me at all. Funding that motivation, why these laws are becoming so popular again. Picks of the week. Let's do picks of the week. Um, Let's see. Who went first the last time? I did. When when we did Asshole of the Week. So, Gatto, you're up. My pick of the week is the USFL. It is back. And um, I'm excited to see some football in the spring. Do we know any former NFL players that are playing in it? Because I'm on the USFL website right now, and it only shows last names, which is wildly it, unhelpful. It's it's uh it's very much like I, I like Clayton Thorson. Some of the quarterbacks have some name brand stuff, but like nobody's super big. I I think though it could be tend to be like they might be able to if it gets big enough. If you remember, like I think we were talking about this the other day, um, or the other the other episode. About how Donald Trump killed the USFL and like that ESPN documentary about it, they were recruiting top tier talent. At that point, uh, they were yeah. At that point, and and because of the fact that they played in spring, they dominated a period of time in which like everything's kind of slow. You know, baseball's kind of just getting started, basketball kind of heading into the playoffs, but you know, it takes a while for them to kind of get going. And and football is football's football. Like people, it's one, it's the most popular sport for a reason. So uh, having having football all year round was kind of an interesting uh, idea, and uh, they could kind of live in sync with each other. Uh, it's it's a bunch of nobody, but that doesn't mean that the product can't be good though. They can maybe try. I, I wouldn't be shocked if you you know for a little while from now we're seeing the NFL steal some stuff from the USFL. Paxton I mean, Lynch. Oh, there you go. Yeah, dude. I mean, you know, they did decently well. Um, the M- the NBC broadcast. Uh, caught 1.5 million uh, viewers. The Fox 1.4. So it's not bad. Yeah, Do they play I on mean, Sundays, or they play on Saturdays. Played on Saturday, I think. It's not bad for a Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Saturday. yeah. Honestly, it's it's pretty smart. 
in the spring on a Saturday, I think could actually probably you're, you're more open to catch people than I, I again. It's it's all a matter of whether or not they can they can stay in business long long enough to be relevant. Yeah, and I mean they are time sharing with uh, the NBA playoffs right now too. So you know, I, I also I, I'm sure a lot of people weren't even aware that the USFL was back. So we should see. It, it got some probably. buzz, and then I all of a sudden like saw the commercial. It's like tonight, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like I didn't even know that was coming. So they they didn't really market it, which is stretch. Which you know what the funny thing is? I feel like undergetting something these days makes it better, and it, it will it will actually gain a natural traction that people will like. Because when you advertise too hard these days, it it forces people in the opposite direction. In my opinion, I mean, I would agree with that. I think that's a fair statement to say because in some cases there are things that are overhyped and they get a big draw for like the first two or three weeks and then it really drops off. Mm-hmm. Um, that happened with the AF or whatever it was called. <laughs> the American Football Alliance? Yes. Something like that. Is that the one where they get to pick fans get to pick the players? No, that's the Gambler's Addiction uh, Football League. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gambler's Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's yeah. That's what was insane. that? What was that league called? Because oh, Terrell Owen is in that league. Playing, <laughs> he scored a touchdown. By the yes. way, I saw he scored the first touchdown or something. Yeah, almost fifty years old. Still got it. Q, who you got? Uh, so I'm going to go with the A24 podcast. Um, they have some really interesting episodes. The one I listened to was uh, called Deep Cuts with Robert Eggers and Ari Aster. If you don't know who those guys are. Ari Aster directed uh, films Hereditary and Midsommar. And uh, Robert Eggers coming out with The Northman coming out soon, which I'm really excited about. Uh, it's really like it's just them kind of like breaking down their movies. Um, Robert Eggers talks a lot about uh, the negative reactions to The Witch, uh, which was one of his movies. Uh, but they, they really have some interesting episodes. There's uh, one with uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, a uh uh, Oscar-nominated director and the Softy Brothers. If you ever seen uh, the movie Good Time or Uncut Uncut Joms, Uncut Joms, <laughs> Uncut Gems. Um, there's a there's actually uh, one episode with Scorsese and uh, British director Joanna Hogg. Uh, so a lot of really kind of interesting episodes, and it's a lot of just them talking about film. So uh, I, I found it really interesting. That's pretty sweet. Very yeah, cool. you don't normally get to hear from yeah, like it's quality it's, caliber director. Kind of an open forum where they're just kind of talking about anything. So it's like you don't you don't really get to hear from these people a lot. So it's kind of nice to hear their thoughts on these things. In an open take, a, usually um, it's in an interview or something, you know. There's also one with Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah as like a super bad uh, <laughs> reunion. So kind of interested to listen to that one too. There was a um, like a I think it was like either Vanity Fair or one of the major magazines had like a sit down interview with a number of directors a couple of years ago. Is it something similar to that? I need to find that and I'll share it with you, but they had like Scorsese. Um, who was the director of the Joker? Uh, that would be oh, fuck. Uh, Todd Phillips. Yeah. They had him, Todd Phillips. I think uh, Adam McKay was there as well. And just a number of folks. And, they just talked about movies and like what works and what doesn't, um, what their style is. Is it something similar to that? Very much, yeah. Exactly. Very yeah. cool. 
yeah, I, I recommend it. Um, so it's called Deep Cuts with Robert Eggers and Ari Aster. Nice. Definitely give that a listen. So my pick of the week is actually a video game, and it's going to be Out of the Park Baseball 23, <laughs> which is a um, – it's the 23rd version of an award-winning sports strategy franchise. It's a baseball strategy game where you basically build a franchise from the ground up. And I don't know if it is – I mean, managed. this sounds right up your fucking alley, Tom. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will own that. It looks like it has all of the the players. It's MLB endorsed, so I wonder if the MLB Players Association is involved in it somehow. But if you're looking for a more in depth, like franchise or dynasty building game outside of like MLB The Show or anything that's on a console. This is probably the game you want to play. It's on Steam right now. I'm going to buy it um, in a couple of days when it comes out. It's supposed to release on April 22nd. I think it's like 25 bucks or something like that. It And it's a simulation too, so it doesn't need a ton of graphics um, power to run. But it is like a very underground, well-known, very used game. And I'm looking forward to picking it up and playing with it. It's got Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, the Korean Baseball Organization in here as well. You could also do historic seasons from 1871 to 2021. So it's got... Tom, um... Tom, just to make sure, it's a a simulation game. So it's like not an actual... You don't like control the players or anything. It's pretty much you're controlling the lineups and things like that, right? Yeah, you do all the GM stuff. Current rosters... The uh, current from my understanding, yes. Um, there's a screenshot on here where they have Shane Bieber on the Cleveland Guardians and Jose Ramirez. So I don't think it has their pictures per se, but it does have their 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 names in here. I don't know if the likeness is here, though. I was going to say, so when it runs a simulation, is it doing like the whole season? Is it doing just game to game? What's going on? I would assume I would assume you could probably do game to game, but it's managing lineups, managing rotations, scouting, um, talent evaluation, budgets, things of that nature. I mean, you could probably make it as speed it up or slow it down as much as you want. It's really kind of a choose your adventure. Full historical minor leagues and dozens of international pro and independent baseball leagues from around the world, featuring accurate 2022 rosters, player ratings. You can even create your own fictional baseball universe with fictional teams and players. The I shit eyes it, league. A shit eyes league. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of. Uh, I remember there used to be a game uh, called NFL Head Coach. Yep. And it was like it was you like no, you wouldn't play like it's not Madden in the sense Mm-mm. like it's pretty much just a simulation. You build a lineup, call the plays, things like that. So. Yeah, it's it's very close to that. Um, and are you making? Are you like pulling? Like, are you like as a manager, or are you like front office person? I would assume it's front office. I mean, I'm looking okay. at some of these. Um, I'm looking at the the screenshots of it right now, and they have like a player pipeline component, free agents, waiver wire, personnel, transactions, trading block, you name it. I mean, it has. Pretty much everything you'd ever need. So you're just running full operations on a team. Yes. It's like it's like simulator like that. Cool. Yeah. This looks pretty sick, actually. Flight simulator for the GM. 
Yeah, there you go. Fucking baseball nerds. Awesome. Tom, uncut, you want to take us out? Uncut nerds. <laughs> uncut jams. <laughs> All righty, everybody. Well, that does it for another edition of the Second Mouse Podcast. I want to thank you all for, for tuning in for another week of listening to us rant and rave and basically complain about uh, the airline industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So – um, this show would not be possible without listeners like you. So give us a five-star r- rating and review on all your favorite streaming platforms. Again, shout out to our Apple listeners because y'all are putting in work over there. Lastly, follow the Second Mouse Podcast on all your social media accounts. Just search Second Mouse Podcast and give us a like and a follow. We normally share some pretty funny content, so why not give us that like and a follow and share some stuff with us as well so we can post it to the world. Um our Twitter will be up and running very shortly. Our Instagram is bumping new stuff out every day. And tune in. Get a laugh in. Your lunch break sucks. You might as well scroll the internet. Amen. Bye, Alrighty. guys. Bye. Fuck off. Okay, let's get me a rhythm. Follow me Then he says, and I'm not kidding you, he goes, now clap. Please clap. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. I need applause to live. Jokes, Mr. Jokey. Joke maker. Ha! Suck it, Jack Sparrow. (laughs)